are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The next event on God's timetable is the rapture of the church, where God's people are snatched away from this planet Earth, and then the judgment of God is going to fall on this place. This is our third and right now our last message on this subject. There are three judgments coming on planet Earth during the seven years. The first 14, there's judgment one has seven judgments within it. That's the sealed judgments. And they're very painful and they're very sorrowful and there's so many millions upon millions of people that will die. Perhaps even up to a billion people will die. But it's an awful thing. After the seal judgments are the trumpet judgments. God is trying to, every time he's intensifying, he's trying to wake them up. A, a, a trumpet sounds an alert, something's happening. And these next seven are very difficult judgments when God pours out his wrath upon those that have rejected himself. Now today we get to the third and final series of messages in this subject, and that is the vile judgments, V-I-A-L, or that word is the bull judgments. You'll find in chapter 16 where we are that eight times he mentions that he is going to pour out his wrath upon mankind. And I know it's a little bit difficult in your car and if it's getting hot in your vehicle, turn your air conditioning on, start your motor, that'd be fine. I want you to see by way of introduction chapter 14. In verse number 7, his judgment is come. I want you to notice in verse number 10 of that same chapter, chapter 14, 10, the wrath of God. I want you to notice, if you will, verse 19, the last three words, the wrath of God. The last three words in chapter 15, verse 1, the wrath of God. In verse number 7 of that chapter, the wrath of God. In verse 16, the wrath of God upon, chapter 16, verse 1, the wrath of God upon the earth. If you'll notice with me in verse number 19, her cup of wine and the fierceness of his wrath. We, we, we always talk about God is love and God is love. But because God is a God of justice, he always does right. For 2,000 years, he has been patient with man, 2,000 plus. This is the day of grace. In this day of grace, it's a time to say yes to Jesus Christ. And he keeps speaking to us. We saw that in Matthew 24. We've seen that through the New Testament these last weeks. He'll send earthquakes. He'll send hail. He'll send flood. He'll send fire. He'll send, uh, he'll send a judgment from his hand. He'll let man judge himself. Uh, we, we, we talk about sodomy. Well, everybody has their right. That is the judgment of God where man gave himself, uh, man gave himself to his own vile ways and commit sodomy, man with man and woman with woman. That's the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. That's God's word. God's word declares in these last days we're going to have children against parents and parents against children. Hard to believe, but 68% of those kids that grow up in a Christian church will graduate from high school and even a Christian school and reject the faith of their mothers and dads. 85% of public school kids do not believe there is a God. 85%. Hard to believe we live in this day of chaos. 
worldwide chaos where right is called wrong and wrong is called right. We live in that day today. I look at what's happening and God's allowing it. God gives man free choice. But the day is coming in the seven years where God is going to pour out his wrath. Wrath means explosion. Wrath means hot anger, hot explosion. Our God has been patient with man. He has wooed man. He's called man. He gave his life for the church. He established the church. Isn't it amazing? We're out of the church building. But guess what? We're still meeting together as God's people. As I look at this text before us, and I want to go quickly through the judgments and give us a remedy for this day in which we live. But as we see these judgments, chapter number 16, these are the last three and a half years of the tribulation. The first 20, uh, the first 14 were basically in the first three and a half years. Though there was death and though there was pollution and though there was anarchy and though there was the Antichrist, it's going to intensify today because God is trying to get man to bow. Several occasions in this te text, they said they still will blaspheme God. They'll still reject God. They'll say we don't want God. They'll, they'll, they'll turn from God. And the Bible says they repented not of their deeds. They will not cry out, God, I need you. God is trying every way. He deals with them through suffering and through an almighty hand. But we'll see that the vast majority will still say no. In fact, when people get saved, those that are lost and still rejecting God and repentant not of their deeds, they will murder and slaughter Christians in that time, in these last three and a half years. We pick it up in chapter number 16, where he says in the latter part of verse one, go your ways, pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And so the Son of God is going to pour like, like a bowl. He's going to pour these vials. They're overflowing vials. And he'll pour them out upon the earth. The first one, he poured out a vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome, verse 2, and grievous sore upon men, which they had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshiped the image. In chapter 12, through these chapters, you'll find worshiping the image and worshiping the false god. And these people here, will be some type of pestilence. Of course, we know in the last days, pestilence, disease will come. We are experiencing pestilence right now called COVID-19. And this is just the beginning. More will be coming. And this pestilence, this here is a sore upon the man. It's on the outer part of the skin. And it's an eater of the flesh. And God is trying to get the attention. I'm now coming individually to you, just like the plagues in Pharaoh's day. They intensified every time, trying to get them to wake up. This, are, this is the last moments before eternity, and hell and heaven are before us. And so this sore, and by the way, you'll see in the text here, that sore is still here at the end of the tribulation. So if these are the last three years, that, that runny, painful sore that's upon the bodies of man will stay these last three and a half years. God is trying to get their attention. He poured the first bowl out, the first vial out, painful infection of mankind, and yet they still refuse to worship God, but they worship the beast. 
Verse number three, the second angel poured out his vial on the sea and it became as blood and dead men and every living uh, soul in the sea died. Every living soul. Once before we saw one third, but now it's every living thing in the sea. The, the salt water is now being affected. We've already had the ships affected in the seal judgments and trumpet judgments, but now everything, all oh, the stench, all oh, the, the, the vulgarity of just smelling it all and how wretched it is upon every soul. Number four, uh, verse four, the third angel poured out his vial on the rivers. This was the fresh water and the rivers and the fountains of waters, they became blood. And I heard the angel of the Lord, which said thou art and was and shall be, and thou hast judged thus. And they have shed the blood of saints and prophets and thou hast given them blood to drink for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, even so, Lord Jesus, almighty, true, righteous are their judgments. We heard a lone voice today talk about how that, that God is still in control. But I tell you what, most of our politicians today, and I know we have scores watching, and if you're a lover of God and doing right, God bless you. But I tell you what, friend, one day your knee, as every knee will bow, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought not it robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, who? Jesus, and given him a name which is of every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and confess that thou art God to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is God. And one day every knee will bow. May I say to this, they'll, they'll, they'll be angry still at God, but there'll be that remnant that says thou art almighty. The fourth file, verse eight, the fourth angel, sound, uh, angel poured out his vial on the sun. Now the solar system's affected again. And power was given to them to scorch men with fire. Men were scorched with great heat. Though they were scorched with great heat, look at the next word, and blasphemed, and blasphemed the name of God. For they repented not to give him the glory. I wonder what is it going to take? Your sores on your body, your pestilence that are in your body, the pain in your body, the fresh water, the salt water, the, the sea life is now dead. Your nourishment, there's famine. And now God pours out hot heat, intense heat. Twice he says it scorches mankind. Scorches mankind. I'm not going to repent. God, I'm not going to bow my knee to you. What blasphemy. I look at the fifth vial, and the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the, watch it, the seat of the beast. You remember in the Bible, the seat, that lot, he moved into Sodom, and he sat in the seat. That's a political area. It's a political seat. This was the political home of the beast. There's a trio that God introduced to us in Revelation 12, 13, 14, and 15. It's the Antichrist, the beast, and the false prophet. The Antichrist will have worldwide domain. The beast will have authority militarily 
economic, political, and the false prophet will be the religious leader. And this evil trio is going to work against God and they're going to work against mankind. They are going to put such control upon man that man, the Bible says, will not be able to sell or buy or eat unless they have the mark of the beast on their hand or on their forehead. Whether it be a chip, I don't know. Whether it be some type of inoculation that they vaccine people and something that's in there to tell if they have the mark of the beast, but you'll go to the grocery store to buy your groceries. Whether you see it or not, your, 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 your name will be indelible here because you have said, I am a follower of the beast. I'm a follower of the image. I'm a rejecter of Jesus Christ. And can't you see in America on week 29 that we're in that the government has power to close us down? God bless you people. We're still going to church. I know you politicians, because you said, boy, you seem so nice in life, and then you start preaching, you seem like a different person. No, this is called preaching. And preaching is warning. It's the Greek word K-Rook to lift your voice and herald and speak with authority. I don't want to say kumbaya, it's all. I love you, you love me. We're a great big family. We're on the verge of an attack of uh, Satan himself. We are on the, on the precipice of, uh, of eternity and the rapture of the church. We better wake up soon. And here he says in this, this plague, verse number Nine, they repented not to give him the glory. The fifth, where we're looking at, they poured out his vial upon the seat, the political power. The kingdom was full of darkness. That's because evil is dark. Jesus is light, but the devil has darkness in his life. And they gnawed their tongues in pain. What a sad thing. They gnawed their tongues in pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. And they repented not of their deeds. I'm not going to say, God, you're in charge. I refuse to. That's the attitude of mankind. The sixth. The sixth. And the Bible says, under the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. That's an important river. That river today flows through modern day Iraq. Iraq was that place where Nineveh was, where Jonah found himself. Iraq, it comes into the last day's prophecy. The book of Daniel tells us, Joel tells us, Zephaniah tells us. Now here, God is one last opportunity with the sixth vial. The seventh one is coming, and it's an amazing thing. He says he pours out his wrath on the Euphrates. The water was dried up. As I mentioned, it is modern-day Iraq. British and American governments back in the 80s began to build hydro plants. And consequently, they've been allowing that desert to bloom because of the water the water generally comes from a mountain that is 15,000 feet tall. I was in a 
dental appointment in Colorado years ago for one week. Every day I went to the office. I began to witness to a man and as I talked to him, he said, Pastor, I'm saved. I know Jesus Christ as my Savior. He was one of the astronauts that went to the moon. And they said, here's what I'd like you to do and later in the week when we were closing the week. He said, I've been on expeditions. We have imagery where we actually believe we have seen and found the ark. I'd like you to go on that journey and discover the ark. Now, wait a minute. The ark is in modern day Turkey. That's where Mount Ararat is. And Mount Ararat is 15 15,000 feet tall. But the plague before this was the sun was scorching it. There's 20, 365 days a year snow on those high elevations. It never melts. It comes down through these Middle East countries and it nourishes their area. But with that intense heat, it's not only going to melt it, but it's going to dry up because the Bible says soldiers from the east, that is, China are going to come and invade the land of Israel. Where our next text is in this tax, uh, context is Armageddon. Where there will be a bloodbath in that 30 mile range, at 30 miles from Jerusalem that this world has never seen. Isn't it amazing? They declare that they believe that the ark is there on still Mount Ariat, where it landed. It's covered in snow. At times they believe they can see it if there's been some melting. What does the ark represent? It represents grace because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and he went into that ark and that ark delivered him. And before the last of 21 judgments, God is going to reveal on that mount for all that Middle East to see, there's an ark, and if you just come to God, you can experience the grace of a loving God. Our God has everything planned, doesn't he? If I were you today on this Sunday morning, whether you're in a car, in a tent, or in open air, or you're listening in these over 100 countries of the world today, I would suggest you repent today and turn your attention to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to be your savior for he is not willing that any should perish. How can a loving God bring these judgments? He's been waiting over 2,000 years and preachers and mothers and dads and Sunday school teachers and Christian school teachers have been warning and telling mankind that this event was going to happen and it's at the verge today. He is coming again. Notice, notice the seventh. And to get to the seventh, I'd like to read verse number 13. I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, that's Satan himself, and the beast, that's part of the trio, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, for they are the spirits, the spirits of the devils working miracles which go unto the kings of the earth, the whole world, and they gathered them together that great day to, uh, uh, of God Almighty. And behold, I come as a thief, blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. And they gather them together unto a place called in the Hebrew tongue, 
tongue, Armageddon. Armageddon means the mount of slaughter. The nations of the world, Ezekiel 38, Russia will come from the north, and then the Mediterranean will come from the west, and China with 200 million soldiers, the Bible says, will come from the east, and they declare they have over 200 million soldiers now. And then pushing up from Egypt and the south, they'll come and they'll converge upon one, black, one, one, one big bloodbath. But the battle is not with just mere man. It is God Almighty they're going to war against, and they will be defeated. I see in verse number 17, the seventh angel poured out his vial in the air. There came out a voice from the temple of heaven, from the throne saying, it is done. 21 judgments. And he said, the great city, look at verse 13, 18, and there were voices and thunderings and lightning. There was a great earthquake such as, as the earth, not yet since men upon the earth, so mighty earthquake, so great. And the great city was divided in three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away. I've been prepared to preach this for weeks, but today, early this morning, I put out a globe on my desk and I was just looking at, and I was looking at all the islands of the world. The Bible says it very clear here, every island fled away. We go to the islands because they're so restful and the beaches are so nice and the water is so beautiful. But God says in this last one that the mountains will fall into the oceans and the seas will crumble, uh, the, 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 the uh, islands will crumble and every island fled away and the mountains were not found and there fell upon men great hail out of heaven every stone the weight of a talent and men, men bless, look at what they're still doing, they blaspheme God they blaspheme God for the hail and the plague they just would not repent they would not say you're God they'll die in that bloodbath because the rapture is so near and because the tribulation is so near May I remind you these closing thoughts. One, let's live in separation unto God. My Bible says in 2 Peter, you're right, almost right there, in verse number 11, seeing then all these things must be dissolved. What, what's he talking about? Verse 10, the heavens will pass away. The elements will melt with fervent heat. It's all about that day of the Lord that we've been looking at this morning. And seeing these things shall be dissolved. Here it is. What manner of persons you ought to be in this day, right now. What we ought to be. What does he say? I want you to be holy in your conversation, your behavior, and godliness. I want you, he said to verse 14, I want you to be watching for him. And be diligent that found in him without spot and blameless. God wants us to be separated unto Him. May I suggest today on this day, let's stop this compromise. Let's stop living like the world and yet we have on our name in the book of life. Let's live for Jesus a life that is true. Let's strive to please Him in all that we do. What manner of people should we be? Separate, 
holy. Verse 12, what manner of people looking and hasting to the coming of the day of our God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved with the elements of melt with fervent heat. What should we be separated? What should we be as Christians today looking for that second coming? What should we be on this day? My Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, that many will follow the evil ways of these false teachers that are teaching Bibles. Let's keep ourselves sound in the faith. I've suggested today, separate unto God. I've su suggested today, the second coming of Christ. I've suggested today, the, the sound doctrine of Jesus Christ. I've suggested today, the house of God or the sanctuary with the letter S, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. May I remind you, ladies and gentlemen, what COVID has done. Offerings, every church I've spoken to, and I've spoken to so many pastors in these 29 weeks. Every day my phone is ringing. Every day I'm getting text mails. Had them this morning, it's just amazing. And everyone I'm talking to, everyone without fail, the largest churches, the smallest, are saying my church attendance is down 20, 25, 30, 35 percent. One said my attendance is down 75 percent. A leading church told me they're down 50%, but they all say the offerings are up. Oh, may I suggest to you today, these are not the days to fall out of church. These are the days to get active. He is coming again. Thank God for the great North Valley Baptist Church. Prayer meetings are up. God's people are excited about the things of God. Church is doing well. Oh, let's stay faithful to him not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together. May I say number four, we ought to be, or number five, whatever number I'm on, serving God. Serving God. Let us labor to enter into that rest. God's word said these are the last days. It's not time to quit your Sunday school class. It's not time to quit the orchestra quit the choir. It's not time to quit tithing. It's not time to quit praying. It's not time to quit soul winning. It's not time to quit on God. It's not time to quit on biblical separation. It is time to ratchet up and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do not compromise. We have a world that is on the verge of total destruction and annihilation by the almighty hand of an almighty God. Don't cave now. Let me, let me close and say, I believe number six, because the rapture is so close, you have to remember stewardship. Yes, let's remember separation and sound doctrine and let's remember the sanctuary and serving God and the second coming, but let us never forget stewardship. My Bible says, lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal and destroy but lay up treasure in heaven. Old friend today you may stockpile your money in safe investments and in safes in your homes and various places where you can keep your money but what happens when that money has no value and you need the mark of the beast. Old friend it's time to invest in God's work. We have worlds that need to be reached that 
countries of the world must be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have missionaries that still need to be sent. We have churches that need to be built in America. And yes, yes, in California too. California needs the gospel. Oh, may I say today, these are great days. We cannot capitulate. We must not cave. We must not give in. I read that today, as I mentioned, only 33% of adults will say that they're going to stay faithful to church after high school graduation. 70% of Christian young people believe there's no moral authority. They doubt the Bible. 78% say, my pastor, my youth pastor, my school has really no influence on my life. I thank God that's not the, the fact here. I thank God for these precious kids. I watched them come to school on Wednesday. Little children, some of them had tears in their eyes and they're all so very excited and very thankful. The high schoolers, oh, how they love to sing. Things were great. By the way, it's legal. It's choir class. And I want to say this. Thank God for those young people. They're wanting to live for God. They want to do what's right. We have on our streets of our city something called Antifa. We have Black Lives Matter today. Rebellious groups. I know that. You know, the average age is 18 to 34. Predominantly, these are teenagers. Predominantly, it's young people that have never worked a job They've never had to buy a cell phone. Mother and dad gave them one. They have vehicles that they probably did not work for. We are living in a rebellious day. But in this rebellious dark day, there's still many people, as we've had them called into our office from all over the country, saying, how do I find Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and get born again and make sure people, yes, they're on the streets, some, but people are looking up like never before. They're looking for answers. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go, I talk to people. And as I'm talking to people, professional people, people that are hourly wage people, doesn't matter. Everywhere I go, people are despondent and discouraged. And I'll tell them constantly, there's hope in Jesus Christ. He is the answer. I believe our nation is still looking for answers today. Today we close with the seven vile judgments. God is going to have to pour out his wrath that he's been stored up because man just keeps saying no to God and rejecting God. Oh, what a day that's going to be when we're raptured out of here if you know Christ as Savior. If you do not know him, today is the day to ask him to be your personal Savior, to confess I am a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin. For God hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for me. He who knew no sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. This church cannot save you. That baptistry cannot save you. The offering plate cannot save you. Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord. And he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word. Only trust him. He's the answer today. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. 
For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.